0: Hello, welcome to the hot seat. I'm Martin Rogers here with Professor Tony Travers to talk about the recent budget. Tony, welcome. Could you please start giving us an overview of the budget?
1: Well, the budget was one where George Osborne had very little room for manoeuvre, really. He was desperate to show that he'd kept the UK budget deficit going down, and that was clearly a key objective. But beyond that, uh, the kind of thing that chancellors like to do, which is big tax cuts and big gestures with public expenditure was never going to be available to him. So it was very much a budget within tightly constrained financial numbers. But more than that, and I think politically much more than that, he wanted to avoid the so-called omni-shambles that occurred last year when his budget was heavily leaked except the unpopular bits which then uh, turned into a terrible media story after the budget had finished and i think that's what he was aiming to do to have a, a kind of calm a sort of keep calm and carry on budget
0: and what about plan a are we seeing um in ki- keeping to that course or moving to plan b with the tax cuts given that spending won't be announced until june uh, how are they going to pay for it so how does it work in terms of plan a plan b whatever else you call it
1: i mean it does look as if George Osborne's going to stay with Plan A. I think he's more or less decided that he's set himself on this course and if he does anything other than that, he'll be seen as pulling away from it, you know, the U-turn problem which besets British politics. And so he's sticking with it. Now, of course, there are tweaks inside it. He's shifting slightly more resources towards capital and away from revenue spending as far as public expenditures go goes and he is sort of tweaking the tax system a bit here and there as well but beyond that it looks pretty much like plan a continues even with a sort of plan tiny plus or you know a one or something like that but it's it's still plan a and i think he will stick with that as long as he's chancellor
0: is it a political budget um there are lots l- of good policies to sell on the doorstep personal allowance cut in beer, uh, beer duty. Is this a political budget influenced by the rise of UKIP? How do the politics play in it?
1: I mean, there are politics in any budget, undoubtedly, and certainly um, raising the personal allowance, taking a lot of lower-income people out of tax but actually giving uh, a bit more tax back to uh, pretty well everybody who pays tax. That, the fuel duty... Um, postponement and, of course, the beer, penny-off pint of beer. You know, talk, If you're ever looking for a sort of uh, visible piece of populism, it's when chancellors uh, fiddle with the price of beer. So there was a degree of populism tied, in it, uh, tied up in it. I mean, whether it's the kind of budget a UKIP chancellor would go for you know, I think they give her lots of other uh, interesting and exotic things besides. So there's a bit of populism in it, but you know, George Osborne, after the pasty tax problem last year, he needs to have a reasonably populist budget, which, as it were, ordin- the ordinary person in the street would recognise as giving them something, and I think he's, he's just about managed to do that.
0: Labour were heavily criticised for their response to the budget last year. How have they done, and have their reluctance to set out their economic position, has that hampered them in their response?
1: I think Labour is always uh, hampered at the moment in responding to government policy, particularly about spending and taxation, because it, the Labour Party is desperate not to come up with too much detail about what it would do after an imagined 2015 general election. And the reason they don't want to have too much detail about what they do is that the Conservatives and the Lib Dems would then attack them for it. So they have to go relatively policy-light, and therefore, uh, when it comes to attacking the government about its budget, it's easy for government ministers to say, well, you know, tell us what you do, and of course they can't. So I think it does blunt and Labour's capacity to attack, uh, and it's a dilemma for them. If they go for more detail, they'll end up being criticised for the detail. If they don't, it makes it more difficult for them to attack the government.
0: Now, in terms of the debt and the deficit, uh, this government came to power saying that they would sort out the public finances, keep the AAA rating through austerity. There have been a lot of figures banded about for how well the government is doing on that. and So what are the implications for this budget on the debt and the deficit?
1: Well, of course, government debt is still rising very fast. Uh, what George Osborne wanted to do is to ensure that the deficit was just a bit lower, it was predicted to be just a bit lower uh, for the current year than he had, I mean, he managed to achieve last year. and By all sorts of, um, what you can generously describe as careful accounting adjustments, pushing spending forward, uh, pulling in underspends, they've just about managed to get the deficit under last year's figure. But whether this tells us anything real about the the, the scale of the deficit, I doubt it. The deficit is, you know, about the same this year as it it was last year, And it looks as if it's going to stay like that for next year. So, you know, the the deficit reduction policy has stalled. And that, of course, goes on to explain why ratings agencies and others look at all of this and they think, you know, this isn't quite the progress they wanted. And there's no progress or there's much less progress than uh, even the government or the government itself would have wanted, partly because the economy isn't growing. Therefore, tax receipts are not coming in. Therefore, even constraining public expenditure doesn't bring down the deficit. And
0: what about the... Off balance sheet stuff that 's what uh, labor under Brown especially were massively criticized for, and now we 've seen them moving into that territory with uh, the help to buy and the home buying and schemes and that sort of thing. all comes off balance sheet. How will that impact the public finances
1: well of course if it 's genuinely off the balance sheet it won 't affect the public finances that 's the purpose of doing such things. I mean the crucial problem Osborne has is whether the sum total of what he's doing uh, retains the confidence of the international markets and indeed to some extent of ratings agencies. I think they matter less. So it's all about confidence and he can get away with initiatives if the markets think it will boost the economy and therefore boost growth and reduce the deficit that way. But any sense that these things are not going to have that effect and they're merely off balance sheet, you know, could have the opposite effect. So it crucially depends on whether there is an expectation that these initiatives will actually reduce the deficit or contribute to growth.
0: And what about the, the role of the Bank of England? It seems that the, the government is unable or unwilling, according to your point of view, to to move much on the fiscal side. What about the Bank of England and the monetary side?
1: Well, um, we're about to see a change of governor of the Bank of England, and I think a great deal of expectation is now heaped on Mark Carney, the incoming uh, governor, who is expected somehow to be able to help generate growth in a way it's now imagined his predecessor, still the governor, uh, Mervyn King, hasn't. Now, the, the extent to which the bank can really... Push growth. You know, they, they've tried extraordinarily high levels of quantitative easing, printing money in effect, and you know it's hard to see how the bank, in current circumstances, in a way, in fairness, other like the government, can do much more than they've been doing given the problems besetting Britain's trading partners. Now, clearly, they can do something, but there's a limit, given the state of the European economy not getting any better again. Uh, and, you know, even America, though doing slightly better now, not as well as perhaps might have been hoped this, this many years after the original banking crisis. So
0: what does all of this tell us about public spending going forward?
1: Well, this, the, the, one of the interesting things, uh, really interesting things about the budget document is that it included one or two tables that give us a clue to the future of public expenditure, and broadly what it shows is that the government wants to reduce total managed expenditure in the years ahead, in real terms, marginally each year, but within that protect all the so-called annually managed expenditure, which is largely on benefits but also now on servicing debt, and that's protected in a big and growing chunk of the total and then you've got the so-called departmental expenditure limits which rolling forward are going to fall and within them is funded the NHS which is protected schools which is protected international development which is rising so for things that are not protected in that part of spending the news looks very bad indeed it looks like cuts of 20 25% uh, by 2017 18 and that will mostly start to kick in of course after the general election
0: great thank you very much tony you're off the hot seat